Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Welcome and thank you for joining us for episode number 52 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are talking about accounting for your dental practice. Before we get into the details of today's episode, I want to let you all know about an opportunity to earn free CE credit through our webcast on dental economics. It's called The Three Ways to Lead a Profitable Practice While Working Fewer Hours, and you can register on our website, both on our dental page, which can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash dental dash CPA, or at the show notes for this episode at pjscpas.com forward slash five two. Now, whether you're first starting out or you have an established dental practice, this is for you. We're covering the topics that you need to know when it comes to accounting. We all know that you have to do bookkeeping. Whether or not you like it, it's there and it's got to be done. But what are the questions that you should be asking and what are the things that you need to look for to know that things are being done that need to be accomplished in your dental practice? That's exactly what we're talking about today with Jamie Staley. Welcome. Thank you, Megan. We will do our best to make sure this is not super dry and boring, which is what everybody thinks about when they think about accounting. So (laughs) we, we will do our best to make it interesting and to the point so that you have some good takeaways when we uh, when we're done here. Well, and we're not just talking about, you know, your balance sheet needs to be done because it needs to be checked off the checklist. We're talking <laughs> about the reasons why those things are important and what it can impact and what, you know, more than just taxes. We all know that, it, you know, you have to have a complete set of books to file your taxes at the end of the year. But there's so many more things that incorrect or incomplete or maybe not timely information can do to your practice in a negative way. So we're going to be talking about it a little more in depth and big picture rather than just you can't reconcile your accounts if all the information's not in there. Yeah, we're going to we're trying to dive a little deeper. I mean, dentists go to school, they get a real deep dive into, you know, how to practice dentistry, how to treat patients, and they really don't get a lot of if any, you know, experience, understanding, education of the accounting side. And so many dentists really want to own their own practice and having, you know, little understanding of that is just going to set you up for difficulties down the line. So it's really important that even if you're not loving the accounting side of things, you really get an understanding and and bring in people to help you if it's something you just don't want to think about. Um, Because somebody for your practice needs to be thinking about it and getting a good understanding so that you have, you know, good information and understand how your practice is doing and, you know, gives you better chances for success down the line as well. And we're not teaching how to enter transactions or how to reconcile an account in this episode either. It's more high level. What questions should you be asking as the owner and what's important to you to know if it's being done or not? Exactly. So to kick things off, I know we said, you know, okay, yes, bookkeeping needs to be done because it's something that needs to be done. You know, it's like grocery shopping. 
We all know it needs to happen. (laughs) You have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) But why, as a dental practice owner, do I need to be invested in asking questions about accounting? Well, first and foremost, a dental practice is a business. And although that's not the training you received in dental school, you know, it's still a business and you have to, you know, take that responsibility as a business owner to make sure, you know, things are being run properly within the business and if you want to get good, solid information from your financials so that you can make decisions going forward, do I need to hire more staff? Can we afford that? Do we need more equipment? Can we afford that? You really have to look at your financials, make sure they're in good shape and that you're getting accurate and complete information that you need to make decisions. Because again, if you get your financials and they're not in good shape, they're not giving you good information and you can't possibly make good decisions. So first and foremost is getting accurate and complete information into the system and then taking those reports on the back end and understanding what they're telling you so that you can make good decisions and asking questions along the way. You're going to have more questions than answers at the beginning most likely. So, you know, having that, you know, trusted advisor or CPA to help you understand and learn more about that is really essential as well. Um, and of course, at the end of the year, you're going to have to file a tax return. And throughout the year, you know, you really want to be doing some proactive tax planning as well. So you want to have a sense for where is your net income, you know, mid-year? What does that tax liability look like? You definitely don't want to be surprised in March or April with a large bill, <laughs> tax bill that you owe. And, you know, it came out of, you know, out of the blue. You had no idea. So we highly recommend proactive tax planning. Get a sense if you are, you know, making a positive net income, you're going to owe taxes. And a lot of people, you know, from time to time, they, they have lots of losses for a while. And then they're they're finally, you know, profitable and, and have net income, but forget that now you owe taxes. So um, sometimes you go and you're like, great, we're going to, you know, buy this new equipment we need, which is great. It may really help the practice, but there is the tax perspective that you have to be thinking about. So for many reasons, you know, making good business decisions overall is why you need to have your accounting, you know, in line, taken care of, and know that whether you're doing it or someone else is doing it, the correct steps are being taken to get to you those complete and accurate financial statements. Yeah. And it's something we hear time and time again from clients is it just gives them so much more power over their business, having this information to no, you know, like you said about tax, the tax situation or hiring decisions, you know, should I bring in another dentist to help me in my practice or, you know, th- things like that. It's nice to have this concrete evidence showing you you're making the right choice or giving you some kind of direction of where to go. Yes. You, you the more information you can have at your fingertips, the better decisions you can make. Perfect. All right. So now we're going to talk more specifically about bookkeeping. And we want to discuss what should be done regularly when it comes to the bookkeeping side of things. Yeah. So going back to making sure your financial statements are complete and accurate, there's a lot of steps that need to be happening on a regular basis to make sure that the bookkeeping is in alignment. So, you know, you're going to have dental practice bank accounts, you know, likely you'll have some checking accounts and savings accounts. You're going to have credit cards as well for your practice that are, you know, in the practice name. For all of those, there's going to likely be some data entry. You need to make sure all the transactions 
are coming in. If you are using a financial system, a lot of those systems now sync automatically with some of the banks and credit card systems. So hopefully um, you're taking advantage of that. It, it reduces the you know time spent on the data entry side. Especially in the dental practices, I recommend recording your deposits weekly you know, and reconciling them maybe even on a weekly basis so that you're staying on top of that. When we do deposits on a monthly basis, you know, you start to get pretty far away from the dates that those deposits were supposed to go in. So if you have issues, it's harder to go back and track and figure out what happened a month and a half ago. So I find it really beneficial to do that on a weekly basis. So you might want to consider that if you're not doing that. Also gives you that ability to, you know, if you see a deposit that didn't get entered, you can make sure, hey, was there an issue? with us getting that deposit, or maybe we just deposited in a different, you know, we deposited two pieces together, and it didn't match up properly with what came in the bank. So again, entering those deposits weekly and just kind of reviewing those kind of helps you keep on top of that. And then every month, all bank accounts and credit card accounts should be reconciled. So what that means is you're taking the bank statement, independently of what you have in your financial system, and making sure they match and there may be some minor differences for timing and things like that, but overall they're matching so that you're, you're including everything, you're not duplicating anything. So it's just a process of kind of just making sure everything is accurately recorded in your bank accounts and your credit card accounts. So if that's not being done, you don't really know if you have accurate financial data. So ask your bookkeeper, ask your CPA if that's being done on a regular basis. Also loans. You know, if you have a practice loan, we should be reconciling that monthly as well. There should be a balance. Every time you make a principal payment, that should be reducing your balance. And then the interest expense should be recorded. So if that's not on your balance sheet, it should be. So, you know, ask that question. Make sure you're getting that recorded as well. You're also going to want to make sure you're reviewing and discussing your chart of accounts, which is essentially the list of all the categories of revenue and expenses that are going to be on your financial statements. So common expenses that are on dental practices profit and loss statement are dental supplies, you know, doctor's payroll, staff payroll, things like rent, continuing ed, advertising, and marketing. So you're going to want to make sure that you're seeing what you want to be able to track, review, ask questions about. You want to make sure you have separate categories for those within your financial statements in your P&L. So, you know, I know most recently with some of the PPP loan requirements, they had they were requesting a cost of goods sold number. So are you recording cost of goods sold in your profit and loss? It's typically cost of services sold with a dental practice and not truly cost of goods sold. Um, we use those interchangeably in, in accounting speak. But um, you know those are just things you want to think through to make sure your bookkeeping is being done right. Again, so you're, you're recording all your bank transactions, credit card transactions, loans, anything related to the business should be recorded. And then again, looking at that chart of accounts to make sure you understand everything that's showing up and ask questions if you don't understand what a category is. Maybe we can, you know, the CPA can update that to be more clear and, and specify what you want to see. But that gives you a, the ability to, to look at trends and, and to look at percentages and benchmarking as well if you get those categories broken out in a way that's useful to you as, as the practice owner. So coming back up to the loans, we actually had a listener question come in about a student loan and they were looking over their reporting and didn't see it on their books. So can you explain why that might be? So typically when we're recording the, the financials for your dental practice, it's only going to have those items that relate to 
the operations of your dental practice. So while that is a large expense and loan that you may have incurred personally, it's typically not recorded on the business as a loan for the business. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't, um, depending on you know the, the cash flow and the net income of your business, doesn't mean that you may not be able to take some additional payroll or some distributions, depending on how you're set up, as something that you're going to take to use to pay to pay that off. But it would not be something that would typically be recorded on your business or your dental practice financials. Okay. So now getting into the balance sheet and PL. We hear these names top, tossed around all the time in the accounting world. But let's talk about what items and what areas a dental practice owner needs to be worried about and asking questions about. Sure. Again, we're going to keep this really high level. You may already understand and know this, but if not, just as a, you know, as a refresher. So a balance sheet is one of the financial reports. It's keeping track of all your assets, which is what you own and all of your liabilities, which are things that you owe. And it also has the equity. So any contributions or distributions into and out of the company. So these things are important because you want to make sure, again, as we talked about before, that anything related to the, to the practice is being recorded on the balance sheet. And you should be able to review that and ask the question, hey, I don't see my, my business loan you know, recorded on the balance sheet. Or I'm not seeing the new equipment we purchased. Is that, should that be here? You know, if you own um, equipment, that should be listed under fixed assets. So you want to just be looking at that. Again, it's the least favorite statement all of my clients have have to do, have to look at. And I always make them look at it first because everybody wants to rush to that profit and loss statement. But I always review that with them. I always talk about it with them. And I think they start to understand better what's on it. Then they can ask questions because I don't, you know, as as an advisor or, you know, your CPA, they only know as much as, you know, you've told them that they understand from the business. So if things are happening, you know, behind the scenes that they don't understand or know, then it's not going to get recorded properly. So that's why it's important that you're taking a look at that and asking those questions. Hey, remember I bought that, you know, $15,000 of equipment last month. I'm not seeing that recorded. Where is that? Did it accidentally get expensed when we should really be capitalizing it because it's a large purchase? So again, it's important. You're not going to understand it all at first, but start reviewing that monthly and then um, asking questions and, and just getting a better feel for what's there, what should be there. And then you'll have, you know, just a better basis for that, that, re that report that nobody really wants to look at. <laughs> Another thing to note that if your balance sheet is out of, um, out of whack and not accurate, your profit and loss statement is also not accurate. So as you rush to go look and review the profit and loss statement, you know, you're going to lose a lot of value if you realize later the balance sheet is a mess and there's negative, you know, numbers all over the place and mm -hmm. actually your, your net income is wrong. <laughs> so right. again, you want to make sure those balances, again, the reconciliations are done. I mean, sometimes there's reasons there's a negative balance um, from time to time. So you just want to ask those questions. Is this correct? Is something not in the right, you know, category? Why are these numbers negative? But, you know, typically they should all be positive balances, whether it's a, you know, an asset or a liability. And again, you may see things on there that you don't understand. Like, why is my accounts payable so high? This doesn't look right. So again, you'll just learn more things. And that will, again, give more accuracy to your profit and loss statements. So when you are going to it, you're getting good numbers, you're getting good, you know, benchmarking, and all of that from looking at the profit and loss statement. 
Um, and again, you just want to review that monthly. You'll get a sense for what may not be there, for what should be there. Ask questions. You know, again, I know as a dentist, you don't necessarily <laughs> want to be looking at a balance sheet and trying to decipher it, but it's something you should do. And it shouldn't take you long. You shouldn't have to spend hours doing it. Take a look at it. If something looks weird, ask the question, you know, mm-hmm. learn a little bit each month and it will, it will pay off huge dividends going forward. Perfect. All right. So then you get into the profit and loss statement that everyone actually yeah. has fun. Everybody wants to start there. <laughs> Let me see what the, where's my money? Yeah. I've got Show me the money. <laughs> Let's look at that. <laughs> Which is good and exciting to look at when you do have great net income. Right. So, so overall, a profit and loss statement, you know, it's keeping track of all your revenue, which is, you know, production typically with dental practices and your expenses. It's getting to your net income. So, you know, the total leftover after after you pay all your expenses, you know, that you've, you've needed to in your practice. And it's really an important statement because it does show you where you stand as a bottom line, right? It gives you that you know, hey, it's negative. We have a net loss, actually. Like, what are we going to do to try to improve that? What areas can we improve? What things do we need to talk about? And how do we compare that? So can you look at it month to month to see where your trends are? You know, is production going up? And that's a good sign. And you feel like you're getting out of that. Do you, are you spending too much money on your dental supplies? You know, we have a lot of benchmarking that we work with our dental practices to say, hey, these are the percentages we feel should be for dental supplies, for lab fees, for staff payroll, for doctor payroll. And so getting that detailed information, like we said, as you looked at your your different categories that you want to see on the profit and loss statement, you can start looking at those trends month to month. You can look at percentage of income to see where you stand. And then you can also benchmark that to the industry as well. So you can get a lot of information from your profit and loss statement. And maybe you can compare them to your goals. So you have a goal of getting a 10%, you know, net income percentage, and you can kind of keep track of that, you know, oh, we're at 5%. Last month, we were at 3%. We're trending in that right direction. So the profit and loss statement, like I said, it's what everybody wants to look at. And a lot of goals are are produced around that net income number. So it is really important and has a lot of great information. Again, looking at the month to month trends, I think is really valuable as well. So Take a look at that, look at your percentages, talk to your CPA, ask some more questions and get a little bit better feel for where you stand compared to your goals and to the industry. Okay, perfect. So now that we've covered the basics of bookkeeping and what you're looking for high level on those financial statements, another important component of accounting for your dental practice is cash flow. So let's talk about again, high level, what we need to be worried about. Yeah. So cash flow is an issue that a lot of small businesses have problems with. And sometimes it's difficult managing, you know, the timing of inflows versus outflows. And so it's a really important area to make sure that you're in control of. This is another spot where having knowledge really can give you some peace of mind, understanding what it looks like. If you're not sure what things are going to look like in the next month, three months, you know, put together some cash flow projections so that you can get a sense for, hey, we're good now, but in six months, we may have some issues. So take a look at that. You have to make sure you have enough money to pay payroll, right? To to purchase the dental supplies you need to, pro- to provide good services for your patients, um, lab fees, insurance. So you want to make sure that you have enough money to buy 
the appropriate things that you need to provide a good quality service to your patients. So it's really important to get a to get a feel for that. And a lot of small businesses fail because they just can't manage the cash flow properly. So if it's something you're struggling with, work with your CPA, like I said, to kind of project that out and see where you stand. A common misconception of cash flow is that it should be, you know, whatever amount I see at the end of the month for my, you know, for my profit and loss statement, that's what I should have in the bank. So if it's mid-year and it says, I should have, a you know, I made $100,000 for the first half of the year in net income. Oh, but why does my, you know, why does my cash in the bank is only 25000 This must be wrong. But there's a common uh, misconception that those are the same things. We did a whole podcast on this, podcast number 21, to kind of dive into the, the reasons that's different. Very high level, you know, it's just there are things that are not reflected on your profit and loss statement that are coming out of your cash, such as you know, maybe loan payments, that's not an expense to the business. That's just an offset of your loan, like we were talking before. If you're pulling distributions out of the company, again, that's not an expense. It's just cash coming out. So there's different things that may be reducing your cash, but is not truly reducing your net income. And so we dive into that a little bit more if you want to learn more about how to handle that and understand that, that difference. But you cannot gauge your cash solely by looking at your profit and loss. Yeah. And like Jamie mentioned, we do cover how cash flow is different from profit in episode number 21. And we actually continue our cash flow series through episode number 23, where we provide a template, a cash flow template for free as well. That's an Excel spreadsheet that you can kind of use to manage cash flow in your own business. So you can head over to those episodes if you're interested in learning more and getting that free template for yourself. So the next item that we want to talk about in managing all of this is finding some professionals to help you along the way, right? Because yes, it's important to track all of these things, but we obviously can't give you all of the questions that you need to be asking and all of the things that you need to be managing as an owner in a 30-minute podcast episode. So let's talk about uh, some advisors that are really crucial to the success of owning your practice. Yes. You can try to do it alone, but I highly recommend that you find experts in some of these areas that maybe you don't have the same expertise in. So you may be able to do some of these things yourself, but it's going to take you longer. You may not do it as accurately and your time is better spent managing your dental practice, you know, seeing patients, working on patient treatment plans, and not necessarily doing some of these things that you're not trained to do. So you should be looking for a dental-focused CPA, somebody who's responsive and talks to you regularly and who's updating you on your financials and walking you through your financials. They should be walking you through a balance sheet, even though you don't want to, and looking at your profit and loss and talking through net income and maybe helping you on the cash flow side of things too, if that's, a, if that's an area of struggle for you. So CPAs that have experience working with other dental practices are a good place to start because they're familiar with some of the issues you might be having and have helped folks in the past with those same issues. You will also likely need a tax professional, somebody who's going to help you, you know, do some tax planning like we talked about so that you're not um, blindsided by a large tax bill that you, you just weren't expecting. Um, they can help you save up for that tax, those taxes. They can help you get the right payroll in line so that you're 
paying in the proper amount of payroll taxes throughout the year as well. They can help you minimize the tax liability that you're going to owe. Um, and, and there's a lot of legal ways to minimize that tax liability. So you really want to have somebody who's looking at that with you, again, answering any tax questions with you and helping you plan for the taxes that you're going to be owing. You may also need a healthcare banker. So if you're just starting out and need to purchase a practice or get a loan um, to start your own practice, you will likely need some financing for that. You may also need at some point a lot of credit if you have any struggles with cash flow or you might want to refinance a loan. So it's really important to find a good healthcare banker that can help answer your questions, help you get set up. I know, you know, there's a lot out there that are focused on healthcare area, so that can really help benefit you. Again, they've seen it before, they've dealt with it, and they can answer questions for you. Perfect. And before we wrap up here too, we have the free webcast available through Dental Economics called The Three Ways to Lead a Profitable Practice While Working Fewer Hours. And by signing up for that and attending you, and that's on demand, you are eligible for one CE credit. And obviously you're learning some valuable ways to improve your practice along the way. So uh, we will include a link to sign up for that in the show notes for this episode as well, which can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash five two. All right, Jamie, as we wrap up this episode, is there anything else that you'd like to address? So in conclusion, um, although you didn't go to business school, you are a business owner, and we really want to make sure that you have a lot of the tools necessary to understand how to go about managing your business. It's really important to make sure that you have a good balance sheet that's complete and accurate, good, you know, good profit and loss statement as well. If you have all these tools at your disposal, you're going to be able to make better business decisions. And again, if it's something that is just not in your wheelhouse and something that you're not wanting to spend the time and effort to understand, then get those advisors that can help you, can build a relationship with you and really provide a ton of great information to make your life easier so that you can really spend time on your practice. And these other advisors can help you get to this, get the success that you're trying to achieve. Awesome. And as always, if you have any questions along the way or would like to bounce anything off of us, send us a, an email, you know, like a, we read listener questions during the shows and we might pick yours. So go ahead and submit your questions to info at pjscpas.com. And we will look forward to talking with you next week in another dental focused episode. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.